2: a lot can happen in the next three years like a chat bot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance
0: Hello, welcome to hoovering. If you have a good time here listening to this, I would be so grateful if you could tell other people about it. Rate, review, subscribe and share it all around to everyone. I have to ask if you have any spare moolah, then I'm on this magic site called Patreon, where for various monthly amounts from as tiny as two bucks, I swap you exclusive rewards. I don't like asking for money, but I'm doing it, aren't I? Go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod. Admin complete. Let's get into this week's chat, shall we? I'm up in Yorkshire with the driest, most deadpanniest and biggest into cookingiest comedian ever, Peter Brush. There's a surprise reaction to me likening him to Hitler. We get deep into the impacts of sugar and sleep and there's some fascinating thoughts about radical ideas and how we emote around our politics in general. I'm with Peter Brush and we're eating our lunch out and about.
3: Where is it? what the, the actual place or the area thanks please we're in Leeds in Chapel Allerton, Leeds at Nichols Vegetarian Deli and we've got a really nice
0: smoothie
2: bye John bye guys yeah.
0: as someone's saying goodbye to John everybody knows everybody's name apart from us it's the way I want to keep it <laughs> famously friendly meter. Mm. Um, what it's, is it called? No, so it's like drinking s- out of a jar with it um, what we've done is wasted sort of about I don't know, half an hour plus yeah, so we can to sit get, right next to the so coffee machine so we get the quiet, quiet <laughs> booth and it turns out it's next to the smoothie maker and the coffee machine mm. um, it's called a sunrise smoothie with mango banana and fresh orange juice it's really nice mm. I've got a big chunk of banana and that's it that's my least favourite bit of it, but everything else about it I love. How do you feel about these new
3: paper straws everywhere, Peter? It's a legal requirement. Right. I think we've got Michael Gove to thank for that, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's a good thing. I think probably is. Somebody yeah.
0: told me that they're upset about how mushy they go in your mouth, but mm. I think that's better than um,
3: the sort of dead coral reef yeah. of the plastic ones. Yeah, I guess so. We've still got... Load of plastic straws in my in my house yeah. that we've not got rid of. You're going to hoard them for? Um, well, I want to I, I want to secretly throw them out. Um, um, yes, look here's an S L T.
0: Thank uh, you. Well,
3: that's really
0: Amazing. That. Yeah, cool. Whoa! I'm having an S L T. It's a vegan sausage, lettuce and tomato with added avocado. and massive chips. I'm going to take that reserved for Leah <laughs> sign off
3: she's gone now wow thanks a lot this looks
0: amazing
3: uh, would you, you like any sauces or dressings with it? Y- yeah the, you do like the hot sauce do you? I think? Um, I'm can oh, sure yeah,
0: I've you had do. a hot sauce here something like that. a hot sauce would be lovely oh, and all ketchup as well yeah, please, please. Thank, thank you wow this looks fit can I take a picture yeah, of you yeah go please? On, yeah yum 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 I'll do an aerial shot have got three out for table 10. Oh, is this is exciting. Well let's just eat it up. Mm. I'll try and remember to ask the questions in the middle. Mm-hmm. Too hungry not to just eat it to start with really. Oh wow, look at all those things. Then, oh yeah, thanks, that's great. Thank you. Oh yeah, no, like look at them. Whoa. Windmill products, hot pepper sauce. Product of Barbados. I'm trying that. If
3: you want some first. Yeah, okay. me yeah. I'm never sure how much of this stuff to brave, no. you really? I'm gonna
0: try my chips come with a tomato chutney that's getting tried now. Mm.
3: Oh
0: that's so nice. It's really sweet. And try my tomato. Well, I'll put a chip in it or something.
3: Yeah, do put a chip yeah. in it, Peter.
0: Oh, so... I think it must have really slow-cooked onions in it or something.
3: i never really discussed food before, like, in Having terms it. of, like... Because, I mean, I obviously like it mm-hmm. and <laughs> stuff, but... Not everyone does. Do I need to, like, break it down intellectually or something? No, you don't. I mean, you could have a comedic attempt okay. at that, if you like. Because
0: they don't need to be Did like... Do you have an intellectual response to the tomato chocolate? I no, mean, I
3: just mean I was worried it would be like looking at a painting and I have to be like, Ooh. oh, yeah, you can really see the strokes of whatever. <laughs> No. And I'm pretty all. sure I understand paintings, but I can't really articulate why. So I just want to be able to say, it moves me. And that's it. Yeah, so that's I'd nice. like to say the same with food. Like, I, can't, yeah. I don't want to break it down by, like, oh, you can really get the tarragon or something. Like yeah. This, yeah, like, yeah. It moves me. <laughs> <laughs> I've had an emotional
0: yeah. response. Yeah. Just as much as you're getting. That's fair enough. Um, my sandwiches fit. I think that's probably going to be my best description of it. Good. The veggie sausages are really herby. Everything else is just perfect together, isn't it? Mm. You can't have them like. I mm. think sausage, lettuce, and tomato sandwich with avocado in it isn't glorious. And a big chunky chips, I love. Who are ever Your new one is called
3: Chasing Snails. Yeah. But have you ever eaten a snail? I may have done when I was a kid and we went to Calais for the day as a kid and mm. um, I think it was one of those things where you're in France for the On first time, and yeah yeah and you you're like oh we really want to have frogs legs and snails and then you you can't find them anywhere because people don't actually eat them. <laughs> They're <laughs> so, just for tourists. Yeah I think we might have eventually so I either had one or the other I think but I I'm not 100% sure. I think it happened. I think I remember having a frog's leg on a pizza as a child in France. Mm. And just
0: being... Not even realising it had happened to me. you just thought it was a tiny strip of chicken. <clears throat> mm. What is that? Did you do, like... Travelling overseas as a kid?
3: Mm. That's quite adventurous for a kid to have been up for eating a snail. I think I was always... You know, I don't know if daring is the right sort of, but I quite like the idea that other people thought it was a bit out there, so I should definitely do it.
0: Yeah. Oh, nice! That's good. Yeah. I think that's
3: very cool to be like non conforming as a kid. On the food front, I think lots of kids. I think I was, but I might be over-romanticising my my rebelliousness as a Remembering child. Remembering yourself as a bit more outgoing than you were. Yeah, like like. Like whenever I go and visit my family and stuff, and my girlfriend sees pictures of me as a kid, she's always like, "Oh, you were actually quite a nice kid." But <laughs> the way you talk about your childhood is as if you were like fucking David Copperfield or some, some or someone in, Ble- in was it uh, some in some Dickens novel or something? As if yeah. I was some misunderstood artist as a child that was alone and stuff. It's like <laughs> the way I sort of talk about my childhood. That's how it felt to me. Like so a young guess, Hitler. <laughs> and, well, he was a misunderstood artist, wasn't he? That's in my show this year. Is it? Yeah, Have I, thought, I
0: predicted a bit. That's of your why. Show? I,
3: that's why I looked a little bit sort of startled because that's that's one of the themes I, mean, I of my thought show. you were
0: startled because I likened you to a young Hitler, Peter, but it turns out just because I'd hit the nail on the head mm.
3: and predicted a bit of your comedy. It is. It's um cause it's the show's about artistry and. God and snails. <laughs> so, Amazing. Yeah. I saw an interview you did um, after you did the BBC competition. When was that? A few years ago. 2013. Yeah. No, I've achieved nothing ago. since, to be fair. So. It's not true. <laughs> um, um,
0: but when they asked you um, what was the best thing about the competition, you said having a sandwich once the results were over. Because <laughs> Eddie, do, so do you not
3: eat at all when you're nervous? I was very nervous that day, and I think (coughs) I travelled all the way down to London from here. Yeah, and I was particularly nervous for that, and so yeah, that was that was really satisfying having the sandwich because my stomach was playing up a little bit. Oh no! Yeah, of you're so so scared. After I'd done it, it was such a relief to eat a sandwich. Do you remember what sandwich it was? I think it's probably a crappy sort of an egg and press one from Boots or something.
0: Sometimes they're amazing. When they're good, they're very good. M&S is the best M- yeah. um, egg and
3: press, right? Yeah, probably. Do you- I do like Marks and Spencers, but I don't know. I just feel like it's... It's not cool to be middle class, is it? So, I just don't. I'm not sure I should champion and Spencer's as much as. But <laughs> the food is good there, so. The food is amazing, especially sandwiches. Mm. I don't, it's so true. It's, it's really not cool to be middle class. It isn't. But I really. It's cool to, give If a you've f- got one working class relative, you must play that up as much as possible. <laughs> just,
0: like, I think it's surely less cool when you're ragingly middle class, as am I, to pretend really hard that you have any working class relevance like in your or what's the word, heritage at
3: all I mean I definitely have I
0: definitely have as far back as once you get to grandparents yeah my gra-
3: I mean but, but our, I think but, our grandparents generation was facilitated to be able to move from yeah. like so so much more than probably any other generation ever before mm. but um so yeah, I like a green grocer grandfather and a dinner lady grandmother. And Did stuff. you? Well, she said she was a cook, but she wasn't. <laughs> <But, laughs> That's really funny, she lied. I like it that she's upped her status. You know, and they like bought their council house they lived in for 50 years and stuff mm. like that. So, um, you're
0: and very, this, sorry, is this all in Essex? Is that where you grew up?
3: Uh, They're from East London, but okay. Essex is full of people that moved from East London. That yeah. you know sold their council house and moved, or you know, So, <clears throat> so my nan is still alive; she still lives in East London. Yeah, yeah. whereabouts? yeah Okay, cool. Well, or is it not? Cool? She might not say that, but but yeah, yeah, it's. Um, what well, because it's, of um, I suppose if you grow up somewhere and it changes that drastically, there has been a lot of change there and you know I'm not going to say anything else <laughs> but because she's erasing read it. between the lines yeah. if you want <laughs> is she likely to listen to this podcast? no no she did she listened, She did listen to the BBC final actually to mm. be fair yeah.
0: Oh, that's sweet. Because
3: I spoke to her the next day, she went, you did very well. I said, did you vote for me? And she went, no, we don't know how to work the phone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bless her. That's very sweet for her to have listened. Who did the cooking in your house when you were growing up? Both my nans are very
3: cooky. Are they? So, yeah. The one that lives
0: in East London.
3: Well, she was a cook, apparently. Yeah, yeah, dinner (laughs)
0: lady. You're suspiciously good at serving
3: this up, but it tastes like shit. (laughs) And um, also these massive ladles
0: say scrum umptious and then you can be in my podcast scrum <laughs> diddly five second rule, yes or no? <laughs> I get more paranoid about that as I get older oh, do you? yeah
3: I can imagine and the floor in my up. house We've not cleaned be it for since we've been in there. Actually. How long have you been there? Six years? I've it. It <laughs> counts as cleaning it, doesn't it? Not like Do you mean like a deep uh, shampooing? Yeah. If something falls on there, I don't I don't really think it's a good idea to put it. Very sensible, I suppose. Right. Does that right. mean you're heartbroken when you do drop food? Right. Yeah, uh, there is a yeah. You do have to just kiss it goodbye. I think. I eaten some food on some terrible floors. I keep wanting to put this hot sauce on everything.
0: Just... I know, and then everything just tastes the hot sauce. Yeah. But it is really nice hot sauce. It's really um, it's really made it for me that hot sauce and these homemade massive chunky chips. Yeah, they're like three junkie potatoes worth. In terms of like eating, do you plan what you're going to have? Well, or do you have the same things quite
3: often? I do have a. Uh, I plan things a lot, mainly budgetary. Really, yeah. I have large meals and then I sort of eat them for a few days. That's a good shout. Freeze stuff. Not every you single time. Yeah, freezing is good because then you don't have to eat it the next yeah. day. Yeah. Like um, <laughs> I, I stretch a food budget very, very well. I'm very, proud. very proud of that. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, no, that's really. That's also really interesting, right. though. So, what have you got like?
0: Um, What's your, have you got a go-to thing for, like, on a budget? What's your go-to stuff?
3: There's a great chilli in that. <clears throat> Anna Jones is first. But...
0: I should say, Peter and I first sort of became mates, swapping recipes, and you introduced me to Anna Jones, who I've plugged and used
3: recipes of relentlessly mm-hmm. on this podcast she, she i don't favourite many tweets but but i i tweeted her saying that i thought she was great and she replied and saying thank you and so i um i favored that
0: oh <laughs> that's in my list of
3: the four favorite tweets I've done <laughs> her. and once when i was pissed i i listened to the smiths when i got back and i listened to oscillate wildly and the floor. it's an instrumental yeah. I thought it was great, so I tweeted Johnny Marr when I was drunk, saying oh, it's just brilliant, and he replied to that, which is like just.
0: You I get a lot of replies. With no, I don't. Actually,
3: oh. I mean,
0: <laughs> well, that's why they haven't been many I favourites.
3: Donald Trump never replies.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Well, he hasn't brought any um, musical recipes out that you're in awe mm. of. As soon as he does that, you'll be able to send him something nice. Yeah.
3: Yes.
0: Yeah, so yeah, she's, she's got a recipe.
3: She's got a, a, a chili, which um, now. Controversially, puts ginger in a chilli, which I think is a, which is a bold move I think, yeah. but it's made with grains in the chilli, mm. so you put whatever you want, I mean the recipe says quinoa and wheat, but you yeah. can put I don't know anything else in the grain related one. Does that mean so, you don't eat rice with it really then it sounds... No, but I still do because I can you know, yeah, be quite hungry. Yeah. Um, that's a brilliant chili recipe. I think the chipotle yeah. kind of makes it. As oh, well. that's so good, smoked so, chilies. So that that you can make a huge batch of that. Nice. Freeze about half of it, and then you've got a couple of days eating. But the great thing awesome. about chili is you can have it with rice one day, you can have it on a chicken the next yeah, day. Yeah,
0: lush.
3: I've even had it on like a little bit on the side of like a breakfast tortilla, where it's a, mm. I've had like, you know you've a breakfast tortilla with fried eggs, avocado, yeah. and, and have that instead oh, of such a good idea. Yeah, that's so, a really good chap. And it's a very cost-effective recipe as well. Yeah, I agree. So,
0: there's stuff that you is this other than that chili. Are there like general shopping staples that you would say on a budget are the best things to have in? Uh, jacket potatoes, rice. I don't have jacket potatoes very often. Don't you? I love um, them, but you're right. I never. I don't make them often enough.
3: I don't make enough toppings for them. Like or, yeah. yeah. If I'm at the very end of a, of a shopping cycle and you get a shop every two weeks, so the yeah. first week is always amazing and you feel like plentiful food, and the second week is like, oh, we'd better open it to the beans at some point. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: Although well, beans and the jack of potatoes lush.
3: You mm. like can make cheese. baked beans much more interesting by just adding... Chipotle paste is great to add to, yeah. to baked beans. But also, smoked paprika as well. Mmm... Or even just like fry a bit of chili or onion and garlic before you put the baked beans in the um, in That's the saucepan. That's great. I mean, tip just, for pimping just, your beans. Yeah, just p- pimp your beans. Peter's it? pimped beans. You should do a budget
0: recipe book like Jack Monroe. Um, I'll, I'll leave it to Jack Monroe. Oh, she's pretty. She's pretty awesome. Have you got any of her books? No. I've got one. I'll lend you. I've, it's really good. Okay. Mind you, I think you've all. I think what's great about her is that she's sort of giving. The idea is that it's. Um, very much for people that might not necessarily feel confident enough to try cooking at always I think you're probably beyond that, to be honest, Peter, by the sounds a bit Way beyond. Mm. Um, and what about your partner? You live with your partner, yeah? Yeah. yeah. And does she feel similar about uh, food to you, or do you have arguments? Well, she about likes it? to eat it,
3: but, <laughs> but she doesn't cook very well. She never cooks. She
0: never ever cooks? Never cooks.
3: If I'm a, well, well, she,
0: she Would she starve
3: without you? No, she would eat frozen food. Okay and sort of those sort of tortellini packets that you get in nice three minutes fresh yeah, stick a yeah. bit of pesto with it or something yeah but, but no she, she doesn't <coughs> she doesn't like cooking really see I find it very for a few things right. and stuff Although at the moment I do have an awful lot of time because I'm trying to write an Edinburgh shirt of course. But,
0: um, I think that's a nice way of spending your downtime from your writing and
3: gigging is cooking. I used to say, if I, say, if I wasn't a comic, what I would like to do is I would like to be a cook, but not for, not for, like, in a restaurant, because that seems very yeah. stressful. But just have, like, one family of very like-minded people <laughs> yeah. that I cooked for. And I lived in there they their, like, outhouse shed sort of thing. Like a nanny, but just a
0: live-in chef, yeah. basically. What a lovely... That is a, quite a potentially lovely life, as long as you got on with the family. Yeah. And would you have to eat with them? No. No, you'd be Because this is my job, I could just do what
3: I want.
0: Um, you do get people that live... Very rich people that have live-in chefs. Mm. And they often... then sometimes they have a nutritionist as well.
3: And and I don't think I'm good to enough spec- to really do it, to be honest, because it's still also they would have to be I wouldn't want them to be meat eating either which I don't mean in a sort of like uh, no, but, but just because I also haven't cooked with meat for years so yeah. I wouldn't do a very good job well you know? I've got so many questions off the back of that then
0: so I mean I, to be honest I don't think I think you're doing yourself down I think you're, you're that intercooking was splendid I think. it's a. Uh, it's um, and I think a lot of private chefs aren't trained chefs they're people who yeah, their career change because they love cooking, decided to go and do something they love. So it's just a, not blagging as a, it sounds like they don't deserve to be there. But ultimately, I think there's all sorts of roots into that kind of life if you really wanted it. Mm. But you're too good at comedy; don't do it
3: yet. But also, I want to talk about. And um, so you, you, have you been vegetarian for ages? have you? Oh, that's strange. Having a girlfriend who doesn't cook. Yeah. She doesn't she's she's the vegetarian? Oh really? Originally. Right. Just, uh, um, I wasn't when we met, but I've been converted by the propaganda and everything, so yeah. <laughs> pretty much.
0: Well, it might not be propaganda. And I did
3: it very slowly, and I didn't make a big deal out of it. Right. Like, really, when I stopped eating, I felt very, very good. Cool. For, like, energy levels-wise and stuff Really? Like that. I mean, yeah, and, and not to be too graphic, but like... Tummy know, was better. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I felt the same when I went... Um, well, I didn't really go vegetarian, I just went straight to... Flirting with veganism, and uh, I did exactly. This. I don't. I don't. I can't pretend it had any impact on my energy. I. Oh, yeah. I think for me that's. But then that might. It was all. Co- I've only ever doing these things since I had a young kid. So, mm. when you're not getting loads of sleep, then you can't really judge. Be any sort of reasonable judge of that.
3: But I do definitely think it's really good for your tummy to have less. I mean, the energy levels thing is very important when you're trying to be... When I had a proper job, yeah, I was just like, do fucking anything to get through the day. Was yeah. like, it in an office? Just drink as much... Sort of. It was in a hospital, so Okay. What was it do? were not confined to the office, but it was audit work. Okay. Um, in hospital. Yeah. That makes it sound grander than it, it is. Um, it was... Yeah. I got away with a lot of stuff, so... <laughs> it suited me, but... Um, I would just like... Drink as much coffee to get through the day, yeah. just because yeah. you know, just want to get through. Uh, making coffee is great at work as well because you don't actually have to be in the office. You can go to the kitchen for five mm-hmm. minutes long yes. to just do something that, so true, that, that isn't sitting with your colleague.
0: When I was temping, I used to drink a fuckload of coffee, but also uh, lots and lots of water, and to the point where my body would get used to that, and then at the weekends I'd get headaches or mm. I couldn't keep up the pattern of water I've been guzzling. You just sat still all day. I don't think I could go back to it, you know. I just have so much respect for, well, all my friends with proper jobs and everyone in the world with proper jobs.
3: But what I was sort of getting at was when I started doing comedy and only comedy. Yeah. And I'm trying to spend my days productively. I couldn't drink loads of coffee and I couldn't eat biscuits or anything because I noticed my energy levels would fluctuate massively during the yeah. day and I would, I would crash and. I think it was the sugar more than the caffeine, actually. Yeah. And so now, I still don't always follow the rules, but I realise if I'm eating better during the day, I'm much more alert and productive when I'm cool. trying to work on stuff. Which is a shame, because in a way, I still kind of like to eat all the crap and drink loads of caffeine. But... <laughs> I've had jobs where
0: um, I'm in a writer's room, and they... They bring you constant coffee and biscuits, or there's constant coffee and biscuits on the go, whether they're brought to you or you've gone and got them or not, and it fucks you up. I think the sugar and the caffeine combined, anyway. Like it just means that by that if you stop for lunch, even just for half an hour, that after that point, it's the battle with your own.
3: Yeah, I think after um, lunch is always attitude a, yeah. is
0: so hard. I think a walk. Can do wonders in those situations, like post-lunch, mm. to slay that post-lunch or a nap. Really, maybe the these Mediterranean countries where you have a nap. Well, apparently the siesta after lunch is a dying thing mm. because everybody's moving over to horrible, horrible long working days. Mm. It's a sad thing, isn't it? Well, mm. idea—I think—I really romanticise the idea of a
3: long French, Spanish lunch. Followed by a little kip. I never sleep during then, the day though, I can't do it. Even if I, for some reason, haven't slept or I've given myself the time, I can't, I don't, I'll never fall asleep during the day. Though. Even when it's even if I've skipped a night. You know, I really? I can't do it. Um, there's an
0: amazing app which my therapist gave me called The Honest Guys. It's not an app, it's just on YouTube. And it talks... If you, if, you'd be, if you would like to nap in the day ever, but it sort of talks you down. And it doesn't always get me to sleep, but it always gets me to a point of, like, like a trance. Which isn't as restful as sleep, but it's, it's, it's more restful mm. than not having slept. You go into a kind of... You can still hear it. It must be close to... I've never been hypnotised, but it must be close to that kind of thing where you're, like, really, really sort of zen and you're not letting... All the thoughts that are in your head, in basically that, that you know, that point you get to just before you go to sleep, it's quite a nice feeling, yeah. That I think kind that I mean. of slipping, it just sort of puts you there and keeps you there, even if it doesn't get you sleep. But often, it gets me off to sleep. I uh, well, hate that whenever
3: that feeling it's sort like you nearly there, nearly there, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, but then, then, as soon as you're I conscious think, of you're nearly yeah, there, you've mm, ruined it, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the other thing, though, I find if I do have a nap in the day is that um, I wake up starving even if I had the nap because I'd just had lunch mm, I wonder what's going on there a bit like your thing where you were saying if you eat just before bed you wake up even hungrier for breakfast mm. do you think sometimes your body goes the more you're doing it the more you want to do it
3: with eating no, I reckon it has got to be a scientific thing rather than this a...
0: you're not prepared to uh, just do some conjecture
3: with me Peter <laughs> no, evidently not <laughs> Have you ever had a food fight? Uh, don't think I have. I feel like I'm just asking Are you the not a sensible person, that no, I mean, no, I'm no, absolutely no, no. not. I'm, I'm too full for a food fight. I'm not... I'm so full. I think... I, well, I am sensible, I guess, but I, I probably always have... I probably always was more sensible than... than... You know, especially at university when I had lots of very much tear-away friends I was sort still...
0: <laughs> tear-away friends! It was
3: a voice of reason still, but... Really? Yeah, in a way. I still had fun, though, of course. But Do you drink alcohol? Not as much as I used to. Because used, be used to be a bit of a tearaway. Well, no, no, I don't know about that. I, <laughs> I'm not sure it was alcohol so much. but um, I think alcohol is quite bad for your sleep. That's why I've stopped. Yeah. Because even if you've just had a few drinks I just, and you're not really that drunk, I don't not. sleep deeply and in a way... And the next day is a off You care to, it's a lot about sleep.
0: I really want you to be able to sleep in the day. Uh, we speak a lot... I feel like we speak a lot about how much sleep or how annoying it is
3: when you don't get the sleep that you want. I think, are we naturally supposed to sleep during the day? Because... There's, there's all those things isn't there about how in the old days before they had electric lighting yeah. they would go to sleep when it started to get dark but then often they would wake up into the, in the middle of the night do some stuff for a couple yeah. of hours and then go back to sleep again. exactly
0: just our circadian cycles have like,
3: been forced into yeah. a kind of capitalist working structure basically yeah but Jeremy Corbyn would change that I'm sure <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you think well that's one no. bloody reason to vote for him if we get mm. to um, have a few more
3: lions mm. a few more, lions, few more bank holidays
0: a few more siestas <laughs>
3: Oh, Jeremy Corbyn.
0: Either Steve Gribben or Nick Doody described Jeremy Corbyn as a thin Santa, which I thought was very nice. Very nice. So do you not drink at all now? No, I do. Um, but I try not to... I just try not to be drunk. You do try not to be drunk, yeah. I think that's very, very I do miss. Sensible. I do miss
3: not sort of like... I, I miss not being able to be somewhat intoxicated and listen to music a lot, because
0: just do it every now and again mm. also if you've not been drinking much for ages then um, probably need the one you or two it won't take you many one, yeah,
3: yeah. then maybe you won't feel so bad but yeah I well know. I don't know I mean I, I had a bit of Madonna on in the car the other day and I was just like oh it would be nice to sort of I don't know jump about I was dr- <laughs> I, mean, I was driving so I couldn't have done that anyway but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not drunk, I hope. Anyway, no, no. You could have jumped about, but a chair jumping. Mm-hmm. So when you did, used to be drunk. If you had a hangover, what was your go-to thing to eat with a morning after the night before? Yeah, I don't
3: know cannabis, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I'd have a spliff,
3: please, to eat. Yeah, I think I probably oh, did. Right, I did used, did, to, I did used to start the day that way, but um, did you? Yeah, but I, I think that. Um, I, I always thought that people were saying that you should have a fry up when you're when you're um, when you have a hangover. I've always thought that was absolutely bollocks. I, really? I really don't think that. I've I always never felt good afterwards. Right. That, sometimes and I would struggle to eat for hours and hours and hours when right. I had a hangover. But, and I think that's a terrible thing to eat because I just think all the grease kind of sits mm. on your stomach and yeah. stuff like that. So, but, but well,
0: people, I think people, people go swear either way. It, people go either way. Sometimes people crave fat and salt like that and mm. like. And comfort, I think, and the minerals and the and the warmth of that. But I think sometimes, which sounds maybe more like you, people desperately like I want some, I want the minerals of fresh vegetables and um, something that tastes clean and sort of clearing, like a like a one of the many clear
3: soups you can get. Lots of people have suggested, and have asked this or. Um, I don't think any. Uh, well, I'd, be, I'd like someone to actually genuinely tell me something like that works because I think there's. I think it's just the. Oh, I don't know that anything the, works. I think it's just the. It just makes you feel it psychologically some, better. The hope that there's some magic cure. Yeah. I don't think there is. I think you just have to live with the pain of it. <laughs> like, you've, you've made a mistake and you're going to have to live with the consequences. <laughs> yeah. There's probably a Brexit metaphor in there. <laughs> but I, yeah, I think paracetamol are um, probably the
0: only sensible things to eat that were actually going to help. But I just meant what's the sort of thing that you fancy? I'm
3: not sure. Coming the last time I was really, really drunk. But... Oh, I've
0: accidentally asked you another memory question, mm. forgetting that these are pointless
3: questions. It may have been last time, but I got really drunk by accident. Yeah. By accident? Because, mm. you know, you just meet up with someone and they're like... I was like, oh, do you want to coffee? And they're like, well, actually, I'm going to have a pint. Do you want one or yeah. Okay. And then someone else offers you one, and you think, oh, I'll be okay for two. And then you hadn't eaten, and then, you know. Yeah.
0: And then you've had another five.
3: So, yeah, pretty much.
0: But... Has <laughs> food ever made you really ill?
3: When I was on holiday in Turkey once, you was know, like a family holiday, Yeah. I was everybody. really ill after eating those vine leaves stuffed vine leaves dolmades, dolmades. I, dolma I think yeah I really liked them, like them actually. actually I love them and, and, and I remember being sick and I didn't make Shit. it to the toilet I made oh. I was I threw up all over young? the shower so I was oh. probably about 12 or 13 oh. and I could taste the vine leaves I don't know if that's what made me ill or not but strangely, people always have stories like, you know, like they say, like, well, I can't drink a certain brand of whiskey anymore because it reminds me of being sick and I can taste it and stuff. But strangely, yeah. it hasn't affected me until I still really like those finally.
0: That's excellent so, news. I yeah. think also some you can cure almost all of those
3: things. Maybe you, it's cathartic to put things off. Again.
0: <laughs> like a penitence. I think yeah. it's your equivalent of um, the worst whipping film yourself. Ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Do you know what you've reminded me of when I went on holiday with my, I think I was about 14. Maybe a bit younger. Maybe 14. Went on holiday with my dad and stepmom to Fuerteventura. Area. Oh, yeah. has on a package holiday, and it was it was there was obviously some like half board included because we we'd have like dinner there every day, and um, I think I was already like drinking a bit with friends before youth club and stuff in secret. But um, and my dad was always quite a naughty facilitator of that. Um, but there was some sangria, which and so I'd, I'd be allowed a few beers because they didn't give shit. I mean, the bar staff as much as my dad. But um, there was some sangria, which there was like a kid's sangria and an adult sangria, and I don't know whether it, it was a massive, awful mix-up, whatever. But I mean, I got absolutely horrid, totally wangled, and I was already sleeping on the sofa, and they were in the rooms. So they this sort of had—it was called a two-bed apartment, and it was basically a sofa bed and a bedroom. Um, and I woke up in the night, and I had—I'd been sick but I hadn't remembered it but I could see the trail of where I'd been sick I had like dollops of sickle down my front and they were like little like a <laughs> Ansel and Gettle, Gretel trail of six <laughs> but um, it was all olives mm. and I, and I, but I'd say I was put off olives for about six years and now I definitely love them again mm, until good. I tr- remember this story I probably now I've
3: maybe ruined them again Here's by nice. remembering this story for you well, if, if I have done that to you, then I do
0: apologise. Well, I did it to myself. You've got nothing to apologise for. <laughs> um, has there ever been a situation where you ate something you didn't want to eat out of embarrassment or
3: awkwardness? Uh, I, um, I had to eat a bit of sausage a few years ago when I had stopped eating meat yeah. because I felt really, really awkward um, at the b and I was staying in because she just cooked for me without like asking any questions and I hadn't said oh. anything so in fact I don't think I ate the sausage I think I had a bit of the bacon because yeah. I just imagined that that wasn't as horribly processed yeah, yeah, yeah. as the sausage I just felt sick about the idea of eating the sausage but yeah uh, yeah I did eat a small just just out of politeness and sort of said oh I'm, I'm not hungry enough to eat the rest even though I suspiciously ate all of the taste, <laughs> all of the eggs and all of the beans and stuff but yeah 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 that was the last time I did that so. What, did you
0: like it? The bacon?
3: Mm, uh, no, actually, it was weird because um, you know it's like I think it must be like when people s- quit smoking and mm. suddenly smoking was, uh, the smell becomes of horrible. Yeah, like people always say, oh, doesn't the smell of bacon tempt you into eating meat and stuff like that? But I actually, I'm so past the point now. I've I actually find it quite nauseating. Yeah, so. You know, yeah, I
0: think we were talking. so we stock lines earlier, not going to work we, on like, me. <laughs> yeah, they, you are oh, what? Yeah, but you miss bacon, or bacon mm. will sway you back. Um, yeah, we were talking about this earlier. I think there's something so interesting in the fact that the longer you do a particular, the longer you have a particular diet. So whether it's like without meat or with, without meat and dairy, especially if you're all vegan, like identifies vegan and are fully kind of in that world where you're vegan for animal cruelty reasons. Or vegetarian for animal cruelty reasons, as well as environmental ones and ethical ones. But more broadly, then, um, or economic ones. The longer you do it, as I understand it, the more, well, not yeah, and from my experience, but the more repulsive the idea that anyone doing it becomes. Mm. And I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing, because then you're closing off your facility for empathy a bit. No I agree, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can
3: understand it, I
0: can understand, and because it's it's a, it's a moral
3: horror, yeah. but it is like any form we were saying briefly earlier on yeah. about the link to it being like a brand colonization of something yeah, of who was
0: that guy you said?
3: yeah, uh, because it was, uh, yeah, cause it was specifically said by Majid Nawaz, who is yeah. the founder of quilliam and he was, an, he was, Islamic he was an Islamic extremist, but now works for an anti-extremist um, extremist, uh, charity or body. Called Quir- Quilliam. Quilliam, right. And there's now few, he's an LBC There's a few presenter. other people on it called Ed Hussain's the other guy that was living right. more common. And the interesting people. So he's sort of like against any sort of form of radical thought or any sort of purist dogma or something. Yeah. Because you can kind of see that... So, obviously, I sort of side with the vegan arguments and stuff. I'm on that that side of the fight to a degree, but you know.
0: In terms of like against mass farming and stuff, I don't don't like all that
3: stuff, yeah. But. but, yeah, where was I going with that?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. He, well, he'd likened it. You were telling me
3: he he's likened veganism to extremist religion. Yeah, because he was saying, uh, I think. Mean, yeah, he took particular objection to the people using the phrase meat is murder because then broke down how, you know, when you actually think about what murder actually is, if if, that, if you feel. I'm not going to be able to get this. Right, there was a clip of him on the LBC. I'll find it and add it in the podcast. Yeah, but I think uh, sometimes I think he's saying stuff because he's trying to stoke debate, rather than necessarily. That's LBC's thing. Yeah, and I quite like that because I think too many times these days. I mean, I'm I sort of believe in everything having a bit of nuance to it. and and anyway. I'm not really into purity so much but I, I think I quite like people that do just stoke things not hopefully in an offensive way but I just okay. like I think Christopher Hitchens was kind of like that as well would just sort of say stuff and not necessarily always 100% believe it but just at some point they just come out and say Diana was awful or Mother Teresa was awful and here's why just so that there was something out there that just, you know like just
0: um... Shit
3: stirring, but in a good way. Yeah, yeah. No, it just it provokes debate. Provocative, that's the word. Exactly. These people, you know, journalists and stuff, are probably have cause to do that. I think that that isn't.
0: That's all. I think it's a lot of people. We need people whose job it is to do that. Otherwise, Mm. we will know no one will ever change an opinion. Mm. It's so hard to make a person change an opinion ever anyway isn't it apparently extremely rare that anyone honestly changes what they think unless it's it's done over a very slow slow course of time and actually if you go from being
3: well that's why that's why telling people that they're wrong never works because because you just get your natural reaction to be defensive about that position anyway and double down probably totally
0: and I think comedians can delude themselves that their job's quite important because Storytelling and making people laugh about a thing, even if they disagree with it, is, I think, one of the few ways in which sometimes people can potentially then muse on a thing afterwards. I began flirting with veganism because of Simon Amstell's one hour comedy. Uh, that,
3: that,
0: I watched that. Carnage. Yeah.
3: It's weird because that's, even though I like.
0: I laughed all the, the way side, through it. I laughed no. all the way through it. Like, you know, it wasn't roaring, but I chuckled mm. at bits of it and bits of it really made me laugh. Didn't think, you know, that was it, that was the end of that. I couldn't stop thinking about it for the next month. Did you not like it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't like it. No? Just not funny?
3: No, not really. I just... I just thought it was yeah. a bit... Thank I you. don't think it really... It's probably not right to say it laid it on pretty thick or anything. Yeah. But I just felt like... There it was, was set a, in a There Utopia was a, where where there was was a real smugness to it, mm. which I don't think was ironic. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of what turned me off. I think the messenger is always very important, you know, like and to me it just didn't you know, even though the message was right I just think that the tone of it I didn't really like very much. But oh
0: really, that's, that's so funny. I thought was, I, I thought it was really unpreachy and just funny And I, I, I thought it was relatively self-aware in the sense that the way it ripped the piss out of early kind of pro-vegan campaigns and stuff maybe. what it didn't acknowledge now is I, as, like we've been touching on a little bit the kind of Ludicrousness sometimes of um, uh, well, generally animal rights activists' kind of willingness or bent towards
3: violence against people. You know, do Just and then yeah. you you turn into like petto and stuff, don't you? Yeah. Like you know, I wish they would say some of the things they say sometimes yeah. but well it's that meter's murder isn't it basically yeah, yeah. it's that
0: idea there were bits of it but it's it was
3: kind something. of what I was sort of saying earlier is that you can agree with the sentiments and the message yeah. and stuff but the way you say something is very very important though. Yeah, and, and it can really you know people don't realise how much they're turning people off to well, what are you know what I consider to be the correct ways like, I don't think a lot of I think a lot of the left wing at the moment make that mistake by just you know the way that they conduct debate and yeah is, puts people off more than the actual you know, some of the correctness and where they're coming from sometimes. I couldn't so agree more
0: I think certainly in terms of social media world I mean and just being correct about something doesn't mean you're going to
3: win an argument really it's just you have to be you know politically correct about something you mean no no just no just to be to have the right analysis of something yeah you, you know, you have, to, you have to still try and bring people on board rather than yeah. scare them off. And I think the opposite kind of is happening.
0: No, will also, what I slightly say that I, I couldn't agree more. Anything that's conducive to debate, even if it fires you up... So sometimes I listen to LBC... Well, I certainly used to, before I got really into podcasts, actually, but I put LBC on for half an hour of an evening just to get really fucked off because of the people phoning in. It happens on the Jeremy Vine show as well. Both those shows, people will phone in that will make me feel you know violently angry at the state of humanity but actually if that's what lots of people are thinking and it gets me thinking and then i try and make myself think they honestly think they're they're the right people and they're the kind people so if they think they're right and they think they're kind what if there's a universe within and this is it i'm the wrong one like how do we definitely know we're the goodies or that we've got the in the head? i don't think anyone ever does so anything that's conducive to debate is good and anything that's not isn't right because then you've decided you're right and that's it then that all the doors are closed and I couldn't agree more in terms of the left certainly in terms of twitter and everything when someone when someone has a disagreeable opinion the mass movement and the bile they get and how shut down they get it means to go well I'm scared then to even ask questions about these things I don't understand how can anyone how can anyone be perfectly woke when things are changing at the f- pace that they are now I don't have a problem you can try that's all you can do to be a good ally to all kind of oppressed groups and minorities and um, philosophies is just to want to learn and want to learn and that can't happen and you can't convert people. If you're sneering at them and shutting them down for even having well, a question well, or it's not... all
3: Brexit. It, it's all the whole, like, as soon as Brexit happens and everyone... It was the whole, like, smugness of, uh, well, everyone, had, like, 52% of the population is stupid and wrong and have fallen for something on a bus, but that's not, you know, that's not necessarily... Well, that can't really be the case. I mean, No. You, you must think really little of people if you think that that's, yeah. you know... Yeah, people that don't live in cities or extremely wealthy yeah. pockets. But I mean, that's where it all changed. I mean, actually, I think a lot of this changed for me after the 2015 election when obviously everyone else was hanging around was like, oh, we're going to get rid of this Conservative government. Yeah, and it didn't the happen. band, it'll be the thing. And then obviously that didn't happen. And I was suddenly like, hmm, hang on, you know, there's a whole world out there, of, or a whole country out there of people that don't have this view. And I was, you know, then you start questioning things a bit more. And I think Jeremy Corbyn, the common labour leader, moved made sure that there was a much more binary choice so then then when you're sort of in the middle of that sort of trying to be more objective you've got more too much more stark options which yeah. kind of, um and then you start just start questioning you know why people think a certain way and it's it's good to do that yeah you know, i agree like instead of sneering at people for necessarily being you know i don't think 52 percent of the Answer, no, I'd or say, morally um, abhorrent,
0: warm. or thick, or no. I couldn't agree more. They've had a different life experience to you yeah. that's led to a different decision at that time. I mean, I think it's the wrong. And also, and also, I I I was boggled with Brexit as to why we were so surprised on the basis that our mass media, as in tabloids and sometimes um, broadsheets, had flirted with it. But I felt like I felt like for my entire adult life, the majority of the press have been saying that the mm. EU is evil and awful so why are we surprised that everybody's mm. agreed with that? I mean it's been the Daily Mail's agenda since it began yeah so and that's the most read paper that and some of the most read papers so if everybody's reading that the EU is awful did for you know their entire adult lives surprise surprise they voted to leave it
3: did you know surprisingly that the Daily Mail is the um, I think it's the only paper in the UK that's read more by women than men is it? Isn't that interesting? I don't know what that says, really. <laughs> I think it feels like it's, the, it's probably it's the all the same.
0: The, yeah, all the same news. It's the wives as, of Middle England, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. It feels like all the same news as all the other tabloids, but without the tits, isn't it? And written in slightly longer, more intellectual
3: prose. They've cornered a brilliant market because they're like. They're not tabloidy, but they're not broadsheety, and no other paper was kind of like that, were they? apart from the. Express, hands up fascists. Yeah, but like people might—it's it, a perfect market for someone to think, oh, I don't want to read a tabloid, I don't want to read some proper yeah. news, but yep. I don't want to read a broadsheet because they're too much. They're, yeah. No other papers were that size with that kind of like middle way. So I reckon they've only picked up a lot of readers over I years mean, because of that model. Yeah. Much as anything. I know the express is a similar size, but that is trash, isn't it? No, fucking shit, yeah.
0: (laughs) We've moved quite far from eating, but I've really enjoyed it, thanks. Mm. If there was nothing else left in the world
3: to eat, would you eat a person? Um, Do I know them? (laughs) Let's say no. Um... No, then. <laughs> no, you still wouldn't? I, well, no. It was oh, what? You only want to eat someone you know? Well, I, I, if I didn't like it. Then. I see. <laughs> yeah. You need no, an enemy. Know, I don't know. It's not. <laughs> I guess you probably. You probably would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, I think you'd probably just sort of. You'd make a pact, wouldn't you, that you wouldn't eat each other. And then you would both secretly try and kill each other, like mm. when the other person wasn't looking. Do you know what? I go full circle on this
0: question. The more I ask it, the more I change my opinion on what the answer will be. At the moment, I'm thinking, I. And this is easy to say when I'm full, because I'm not empathising with myself very much when I'm desperately hungry, where I think I'll eat anything. But if there were just two of you left and you did know each other, like enemies or not, I actually think, in reality, if you were still rational of mind, that I think. I'd rather than have the potential trauma of eating it, killing and eating a person, and then dying anyway, anyway, in yeah. the next a few weeks, couldn't we just arrange to kill each other? Isn't Is there really? some way we could, there's two of us where we could do a kind of mutual throat system Yeah, and then when they did it, I'd eat them. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I mean, it depends what the circumstances are, doesn't it? If you know yes. you're going to get potentially rescued from whatever the situation yeah. is, or whether you are just, like, the last two people alive after a nuclear apocalypse, you know, it'd really no point for it. then. But if you think there's a chance of escape, then maybe you, you would. I don't know. Yeah, you never know. You're supposed to only be a few steps away from barbarism,
0: aren't you? That's what it is. I can imagine that. I've got yeah. myself in some pickles on,
3: in heat at the moment, driven by... Also, if you were the emotions. last two people alive and you were spending time with each other, you were probably driving each other nuts But that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you actually, you might want... You, like you say, yeah. depends who it is. You might want them dead to the point where you'd save them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you a question from one of my listeners? This is from Jodie Eckhart. Uh-huh. Would you have... Um, you've got the choice of two things. If you could have a... Um, a physical kind of immunity to any down or upsides of eating in the sense that you could never become overweight or underweight because of eating you could never be ill because of eating you you would never get heart disease you know any of foods that could add to your cancer whatever so food can have no ill effect on you whatsoever um at all but food then tasted of nothing forever Forever. or like intensely bland or you could have still taste but obviously all the pitfalls that come with food as it is or reality what would you choose?
3: I would pick the one that doesn't make me ill would you? yes you'd have immunity yeah because I would just have to get pleasure from you know Music and sex and stuff. Rather than that's fine. You'd have you honestly yeah. have food as fuel rather yeah, than absolutely. over being able to taste yeah. it. Yeah. As much as that was such a quick decision. As much as it's like a you know sensory pleasure every yeah. day and, and enjoy. If that was the option. I'd take that in a absolute heartbeat. Like, wow. One of the was One of the main reasons why I stopped eating meat was because I was scared of cancer. So, okay. As well as. Agreeing with the ethical things generally, anyway. Would you say was, you're
0: on a spectrum of hypochondriacal,
3: or? Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Like, Fascinating. If someone said to if someone said to me tomorrow, oh, you know, you can't like that's going to cause problems in later life, like yeah. you know, some research came out, I would just cut it out of my diet immediately. Really? Like, if they could, if they could definitively say that, then. I would but they change
0: their mind every day on what gives. You no cancer. I'm saying, if
3: they definitively. Say, oh, okay, someone, fine. Said, I mean I've cut asbestos out of the diet <laughs> years ago <laughs> um, um,
0: Jodie that's a brilliant question I'm going to ask it to loads of people because I think when people decide something that quickly it's a great question In my time. A field full of cows is crossing a road just as a van full of chemicals, which, if they touched each other, would blow up. And would you believe it, a helicopter full of children Trump had clawed from their parents, about to be reunited with those parents, are all heading for the same collision point, and only you can stop it. You've got a one use only time machine, but to activate it, you need to do 8,050 squat jumps, Peter Brush, which is a disgusting amount and could fell a knot. But. You do it. You're a hero. You manage it. You do the extreme oh, okay. feat of fitness, well, and everyone reality, is saved. <laughs> no, everyone is saved, and you're very heroic. You're allowed a shower or whatever you want to feel kind of normal and happy again. And your reward is the feast of your dreams. There are no limits. Reality gives no bounds. You can. This can. The answers to this do not need to be practical or reasonable or sensible or possible. Humanly, they don't even need to be humanly possible. I want to know. What you're eating, what you're drinking, who with and where?
3: Uh, well, I've always thought I would like to eat as many corn on the cobs <laughs> as, as possible. OK. I mean, I used to sort of say that that would be an ideal last meal, like if you were going to get sort of killed, killed yeah. you know, because you wouldn't have to move with the after effects of having a... Pickles of corn at teeth and stuff, and also the you know toilet after effects yeah. of that as well. And uh, so i probably stick corn in the cob in there. And, uh, who would it be with? Probably Leonard Cohen. Corn on the cob with Leonard Cohen in in his house in Hydra, which is I think a Greek island, isn't it? Nice. Yeah. yeah. Where he used to do a lot of to where he wrote the wire and so long wow so i'd, I'd have corn and a cob and then a there and we'd have coffee afterwards and i'd treat myself to a, a, a cigarette with him
0: <laughs> i love it yeah. thanks so much to peter brush his stand-up is so brilliant you should go and see him He's up in Edinburgh right now with a show called Chasing Snails and he has a podcast of his own, which is a series of very, very short, very, very funny monologues, which is called Peter Brush, A Life Misremembered. That's available in all the usual places. He's on Twitter as at Peter underscore brush and everything he's up to, including access to those podcasts and everything is all on his website, peterbrush.net. Follow this podcast if you don't already. It's at the Hoovering Pod. Shout about the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you are doing that already, rate, review, subscribe and just think of someone who might like it and tell them I'd love that. If you've got spare money, you could help me financially as well keep this all up and improving. I'm on Patreon forward slash and follow me too. I'm at Jessica Foster Q. Email me through my website, jessicafosterq.com. I love hearing from you. Oh, and also that website is where I list my gigs. I'm going to be working up lots of new material from the autumn. So if you're London based or indeed any other places as well, I'm in Newcastle, I think at some point, then I'd love to see you at any of those too. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy Hoovering. (laughs)